You know, every single one of us has come to church this morning with a need. Uh, some of us have needs related to our finances. Maybe you're praying for a new job. Uh, maybe you have some emotional needs. Maybe you've been hurt by some people that you trusted or that you, that you have a great affection for. Uh, maybe your uh, family or your marriage is struggling. Uh, others of us have physical needs. Maybe you got a negative report from the doctor and you're wondering about the future of your health. Um, some of us are dealing with forgiveness issues and other baggage that we have. We all have a need. And today I want to introduce you to somebody who had a need. A man that approached Jesus with a profound need, an, an extraordinary need, a need that's probably bigger than any of the needs that we may have in this room. It's a man that was consumed with leprosy. I want us to continue our series that we kicked off a few weeks ago called Walk This Way. We've been talking about walking with Jesus over the last few weeks. And I want to look at Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. The Bible outlines... Uh, an encounter that Jesus had with a man that was consumed with leprosy. And uh, he has a date with death. We know that leprosy in the ancient world was the most sinister of all diseases. It was, it, it was the worst report that, that you could get would be that you have leprosy because it meant that you were going to die. And you were not only going to die, but you were going to die in a very excruciatingly painful manner. The average leper lived about nine years, but, but that was, a, that was a, a, a gradual step into death over those nine years. Um, leprosy would get in, in the insides of the nervous system of the body and nodules. It would uh, cause big sores to arise all over the flesh. And uh, it was very painful. Uh, because the nervous system was attacked, uh, if you stepped on a thorn and you had leprosy, you, you may not realize that your foot is bleeding. So infection would set in. You can't feel things. You might burn your hands or you might have uh, some other experiences where you just you just are not aware because you can't feel and you can't touch and and it's eating away at the nervous system of the body. Uh, in addition to that, leprosy was highly contagious. It could get on somebody very easily, and so um, in the ancient world, you were you were supposed to stay at least fifty steps from somebody if you had leprosy. The Book of Leviticus outlines. Uh, the way that people were supposed to act, the Leviticus 13 says that you were supposed to grow your hair out long, you're supposed to tear your clothes and look like a wild maniac, okay? So you're, you're already feeling bad about yourself and now you have to look even crazier. <laughs> you have to look like a crazy man. And you can't live with any of your family and friends. If you were married to somebody, you have to go now live in the leper colony. You can't come into the city. You have to live like, camping out with all the other people with, with, with the same ailment. So you were isolated. Man, you couldn't hug your kids. You, you couldn't see your spouse. You couldn't talk to your family or your friends. You, you, you were shunned. Uh, sometimes if a leper would, would, would come up closer to somebody, people would throw rocks at them because they were so afraid 
of the, the contagious nature of the disease that they would take it out on the people. And, and yet, in spite of all of that, a man comes to Jesus. And I want us to see his story today because this is one of the most compelling, one of the most unbelievable miracles in the New Testament is Jesus' healing of the leper. Now, we have two examples in the Gospels, two different stories about Jesus interacting with lepers. In Luke 17, Jesus heals 10 lepers and one comes back to thank him. In Mark chapter 1, we find another story of an individual leper who comes to Jesus and Luke's account of the same story says his body is covered with leprosy. Okay, top to bottom, this guy is eaten up with leprosy. He's, he's, he's on the verge of death. Things are not good. But this man comes to Jesus and the Bible tells us that Jesus is moved with compassion. I've titled the message today, Moved, because I, I want to answer the question, what moves the heart of Jesus? What moves the heart of Jesus? You see, you have a need, and you have a need that only Jesus can meet. And what do we need to do to move the heart of Jesus as we have these great, 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 great needs? Look with me, if you would, at, at Mark chapter 1. Uh, verse 40, we see a courageous approach. Look at this right here. Then, then a man with leprosy came to him, and on his knees he begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, you know, you just read through this, and you think, okay, the guy was sick. He came to Jesus, and Jesus healed him, and that's great. But keep in mind, lepers are supposed to stay with the lepers. They're not supposed to come over and be with Jesus. And he approaches Jesus. I mean, the audacity of this man to leave the leper, the little leper group, and to go find the Son of God. Jesus is not anybody. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. He's regarded. He's, he's, he, is, he is respected as, as a teacher of the law and, and a religious figure. And now this, this man who is unclean, who's disfigured, who is consumed with this disease that's taking his life, comes and finds Jesus. There's a courageous approach. This is amazing. Can you just imagine if this man announced to the other friends, his other leper friends, hey, I'm going to go ask Jesus to heal me. Uh, yeah, right, Jesus is going to heal you. You're unclean, buddy. Maybe you ought to look in the mirror and see you know, how you're looking. You're not looking so good today. And uh, Jesus isn't going to pay any attention to you. Jesus is going to run from you. What a waste of time. Man, your life is over. You, you don't, you know, you're not going to get anything from Jesus. Can you just imagine maybe the feedback that, that maybe this man would have gotten, but, but it was in his desperation that he courageously sought out the Son of God. And so what moves the heart of Jesus? A courageous approach. A courageous approach. He's covered, he's covered with pus-filled nodules and scaly spots. His body is in a state of decomposition. In fact, we know that, that you could smell a leper if you got close because the flesh would be decomposing. Is that disgusting or what? But in spite of how he looked and how he felt and what his physical state was, he came 
to Jesus. Can you imagine the courage that this man must have had? Wow, it's pretty amazing. It was actually against the law to greet a leper, even to talk to one. I was watching The Chosen the other day. Anybody watching The Chosen? It's a really awesome mini-series on the life of Christ. I don't even know if it's a mini-series. It may be a whole series. It's fantastic. You ought to check it out. I highly recommend it. Well, there's a scene in uh, one of the episodes where, they, where Jesus uh, heals the leper. And, and, and I, I watched it again this week because, you know, sometimes when you see a dramatic interpretation of something, you maybe pick up something that you might not see when you're just reading the biblical text. But in this account, um, the leper approaches Jesus and the disciples are telling him, stay back, stay back, stay back. And they're covering their mouths, you know, because they're so, and the guy's not even close, you know. I mean, he's, 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 he's off a distance. And they're screaming at him, yelling at him. One of the disciples even pulls out his dagger. I mean, like, you know, they are petrified and terrified of this man. And then when Jesus starts to move towards him, then they're really freaking out. And, and it, was, it was a great illustration. It was beautiful for me to see the reaction of the disciples and the reaction of people that didn't have leprosy to people who were contagious and did have leprosy. And, and Jesus, of course, goes and he, he heals this man. But I want you to see today the heart, the life, that moves the heart of Jesus is the person that is courageous. And listen, what are you asking God to do in your life? What is your number one prayer request right now? Are, are, are you just kind of floating along maybe in your spiritual life? Or are you asking God to do something amazing in your life? Or are you stepping forward in courage and saying, God, <clears throat> I have to have your help. Lord, I need you day after day after day. Lord, I am asking, I am expecting, I am pleading, I am believing for this miracle. This was the intensity that this man had. And everywhere he had to go, he had to shout, unclean, unclean. And yet at the same time, he believed that the Son of God had the answer to every problem that was before him. Uh, what are you asking God to do? It's easier to stay where you are than it is to ask for help. It's easy to feel sorry for yourself. It's easy to stay with the other lepers. It's hard to step forward in bold courage and say, I want to leave the old life behind. I want to embrace the new things that God has for me in the future. In fact, your desperation is God's greatest invitation your greatest pain is his greatest opportunity. Maybe you've gone through what you've gone through so that you could see your tremendous need for God. I wonder if the leper would have seen his need for Jesus had he not been contaminated with this disease. You know, sometimes you go through things and you go through hardships and you realize, I need some help. I need a Savior. I need Christ. I need the Lord in my life. I cannot do it by myself. And we take that courageous step towards the Lord. <clears throat> so what moves the heart of Jesus? A courageous approach. Number two, a humble plea. Now check this out. 
This leper does not walk up to Jesus telling Jesus what to do. He's not proud. Sometimes we think we can do it ourselves. Look, look, look at this. Look at the wording here in verse 40. <clears throat> A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And he said, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Notice those two words there, you and you. If you are willing, you can heal me. In other words, I can't do it myself. I need you. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. You. You, you, you. And it says he knelt before Jesus. I mean, he's, he's, he's totally humble before Jesus. I mean, he's down on his knees before him, right? He, he's like, Jesus, if you are willing, there's a, there's a humble plea. He is absolutely confident. That he can't, but he is so confident that Jesus can. Amen? And he's not looking for the disciples to heal him. He's not looking for the doctors. I think he already tried all that. He realizes that if the Son of God does not intervene in his life, there is no hope. Have you ever come to that place in your life where you were so dependent upon God? And it ought to bring a humility into our life where we realize God is way up here and I'm way down here. And the reason that God is so amazing is because he's God. And God knows it all. And God has all the power in the universe. This man comes to this conclusion and he says, if you are willing... I mean, you know, he, he says, Jesus, I know you can do it, but if you are willing. When we pray, when we courageously ask God to do things in our life, we ought to try to pray in the will of God. We ought to be asking for the will of God in our life. Sometimes we kind of have a plan, and we ask God to go along with our plan. Like, God, I got it all figured out. Now, what I need you to do is I need you to show up here at 9 a.m. And I need you to say this and do that. And, Lord, if you'll do that, then my plan for my life will work out perfectly. Right, Lord? That's not the spirit here. The leper is asking for the will of Jesus, the will of God. If you desire it, if this is what you want, this is what you want, then, then heal me. There's a humility that's there. It's beautiful, isn't it? We hate pain, but God uses the pain in our life to show us how much we need Jesus. And we ought to be praying more in the will of God or praying for the will of God. He says, you can make me clean, okay? But, but if it's what you desire. Lord, if that's what you desire. God, is this what you desire for my finances? Is this what you desire for my faith? If this is what you desire for my family, if this is what you desire for my future, that should be the cry of our heart. And humility is echoed over in James chapter 4, where the New Testament writer says, Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Man, God loves humility. Jesus loves humility. 
The leper doesn't show up and start bossing Jesus around. He humbly pleads for his assistance. Psalm 51, 17 says it like this. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. God, you will not despise a broken and a humbled heart. Man, you can never go wrong with humility. You can never go wrong realizing that God is superior. God is God and that everything we do operates underneath his being and his deity. So what moves the heart of Jesus? A courageous approach. Jesus loves it when we're audacious. Uh, a humble plea. God, I can't do it, but I need some help. Number three, a faith-filled request. Okay, do you see it? A faith-filled request. Now, go back to verse 40 and 41. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He said, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. So there's a faith-filled request. There, 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 is, there is a beautiful expression of faith. Now, a lot of times when we go through hard times, when we go through difficulties, we think that we have an excuse to not have faith. And I talk to people sometimes, and maybe you have felt this way, or maybe you do feel this way. I had faith until I went through that. So because I went through that hard time, I can't believe in God anymore. I can't have faith. You know, when you really begin to break it down, in Scripture, and, and I would also say just with people that I have talked to, the people that I know that have the greatest faith are always the people that have been through the hardest things. It's actually the opposite. Do you see it? And this man is echoing that sentiment because here he is, his body's consumed with leprosy and yet he still believes. Don't believe the lie of the devil that says that you cannot be a man or woman of faith just because you've endured hardship. Don't, don't, don't believe that. In fact, the difficulties you're going through are going to make you more dependent on God. And, and, and spiritually speaking, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be more mighty in the spirit because of the adversity that you've been through. Because hardship is what brings about strength. See, that, that's part of your testimony. That's part of your story. So we can't get this confused. There's a faith-filled request. The man is hurting. The man is struggling. And yet he still believes that Jesus can heal him. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And you know what? It is never too late to be made whole. Do you know that? I mean, this guy's on the 11th hour. It's not good for him. The doctors have given up. People have written him off. And yet Jesus shows up. Sometimes Jesus shows up in the most unusual places, doesn't he? The most unusual times. A faith-filled request. We have, we have to move the heart of Jesus in and through faith. Faith always moves the heart of God. You can't go wrong with faith. You will never be disappointed with faith. In fact, almost every miracle I can think of in the Bible was surrounded by faith. If you want God to do something amazing in your life, it has to be coupled with a strong belief. It has to be, it has to be wed with a confidence 
and a trust in the Lord, which the Bible calls faith. Mark 9, 23. Everything is possible for the one who believes. Faith is huge. Faith is big. And maybe the reason that your marriage is not going the way that you had anticipated or that you had hoped is because you, you don't have faith that God can change the direction of your family. Or, or, or maybe you have some kids that have, have, have turned away from the Lord and, 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 and you're like, why did this happen? And, and, and you quit praying in faith because you, in your heart you didn't really believe it was even possible for them to turn their heart back to God. It is never too late for Jesus to intervene. God is never late. He's never late. He's always on time. And faith always shows up when God shows up in miraculous ways. They just go together. It's really beautiful. He says, if you're willing. You see, faith is not believing that God is going to do what you think he should do. Faith is believing that God is always going to do what is best. Let me say that one more time, okay? Faith is not believing that God is going to do exactly what you think he should. Faith is believing that God is always going to do what's best. You can trust God. And you may even pray and say, Lord, I think this is the right thing. But if it's not the right thing, I'm okay with the alternative. Just show me what you want to do, Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. I trust you, a faith-filled approach. I think this is the attitude, this is the mindset of this leper who comes before Jesus. Now, how does Jesus respond? How does Jesus respond to courage, humility, and faith? Let's look at three things that Jesus does. Number one, he responds with a compassionate heart. A compassionate heart. Look at that in verse 41. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him. So it says Jesus was moved. Now Jesus saw a lot of stuff. Why was he moved? He was moved with compassion. Jesus felt for this man. Now, by the way, Jesus has seen a lot of things. Would you agree? I mean, the scripture tells us that Jesus always was and always is. In other words, Jesus didn't just show up on the scene when he was born in the manger to the Virgin Mary. Jesus has always been. At the day of creation, Jesus was there. He saw it. In the book of Joshua, when the sun stood still, Jesus saw it. When Moses parted the Red Sea, Jesus saw it. He knew it. And yet Jesus was moved. He was moved with compassion when the leper came and made this audacious request. He was moved. I want you to know today, you can move the heart of Jesus. Jesus is filled with compassion See, sometimes we, we think Jesus is filled with judgment. It's true in the Bible. Jesus corrected some people, mostly the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But many, many, many more times, Jesus responded with compassion. The nature and the heart of Jesus is sensitivity and compassion. How would that begin to change our prayer life if we really believed 
that Jesus was sympathetic towards what we were going through. Sometimes we feel like when we pray or when we come to church, we have to put on our, you know, our best facade, our best behavior. We put on a fresh shirt, take a shower, put a smile on our face. You know, like, we're ready to worship Jesus. Yes. If we would be a little more authentic with Jesus, I think we would discover how compassionate and how loving he really, really is. Jesus is not looking for you to put on a show for him. He already knows all your junk anyway. What Jesus wants is authenticity, a faith-filled inquiry, a humility, and it moved the heart of Jesus. Jesus was moved. Only a few times in the Gospels is Jesus moved. This is one of them. He was moved with compassion. Now, why was he filled with compassion? I think that Jesus saw, when he looked in this man's eyes, he saw everything that he had gone through. Jesus is all-knowing. He knew all of the wounds. He knew what it was like. He knew what this man had endured being ostracized from his family. He knew the pain of separation and isolation. He knew the physical pain that he had endured having leprosy. The anxiety attacks, the worry, the uncertainty. Jesus is is reading his mail. And yet when Jesus saw his pain and when Jesus saw his struggle, he didn't say, you know what, I'm busy right now. I don't have time for lepers. Uh, You know, I'm on to the next... Jesus is moved with compassion. Jesus really cares. I want you to know today, Jesus is the Savior who sympathizes with our weaknesses. He knows where you're hurting. He knows where you're struggling. And Jesus is moved with compassion when he sees hurting people that are responding in faith. And that's exactly what we find here in Mark chapter 1 verse 41. Jesus did not heal this man because it was his job. Jesus genuinely felt for this man and he was moved by his pain. His heart was stirred to action. Jesus loved this man. Jesus cared. Uh, the, The implication here is that like Jesus knew what was going on in his life. Kind of like, kind of like as a parent, when you're a parent and your kids share with you some hurts or struggles that they're having. As a parent, you have context, right? I was talking with one of my kids not too long ago about some struggles, and, and, and I had context. I knew why they felt that way based on a whole lot of factors. If I was talking to your kid about a struggle, I wouldn't have the context. When I talk to my kids, I have the context. I know what's going on. I have the whole story. I think when Jesus saw this man, he was moved with compassion because he saw the context. He saw the whole story. He knew everything that had been going on. And it moved him and it touched his heart. Man, what a wonderful Savior that we have. Amen. He sees beneath the surface. Jesus shows compassion and empathy many more times than he brings judgment. We try to hide that pain because it's embarrassing. But... We would actually find so much comfort if we would bring our stuff to Jesus. 
So Jesus responds with a compassionate heart. Jesus understands eating disorders, low self-worth, doubt, and fear. These things don't turn Jesus from us, but they endear him to us. A compassionate heart and also a loving embrace. So Jesus is moved with compassion. Then he touches the man. Look, look, look at that at verse 41 again. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing he told him. Now, I've always thought of this story kind of like Jesus reached out and touched him, maybe with the end of his pinky finger. You know, like he's got leprosy, like Jesus is like, you're healed. You know, or maybe he uses the pinky toe, you know. It's like, oh, you're healed. No. This word touched in the language of the New Testament means to grab or to hold. I think Jesus is hugging the guy. Now that's, just think about that for a minute. That's a little bit creepy. Jesus is touching, he's hugging the leper, okay? And the disciples are there and they're going, Jesus, don't you dare touch that guy. And Jesus is like going full on. I mean, he's going a full front on hug, you know? Like he's embracing the guy. Wait a second, is that even possible? There's a loving embrace. Jesus didn't shame him. He ran towards him, not away. And Jesus did something very strange. He, he hugged him. Can you imagine? This man had probably not been touched in years. Could you imagine how it felt to be hugged by the Son of God? Powerful. Powerful. And you know, today, Jesus is still touching lives it makes no difference who you are or maybe what you've done. No one is beyond his glorious touch. Jesus wants to touch you. Jesus is about the touch. You know, Jesus could have spoken the word. Jesus healed people with the word. He would just say it. People were healed. That's true. But Jesus also healed with the touch. And I think Jesus is making a point here the fact that he touched the leper tells us that he's not afraid of our stuff. Jesus wants to touch you. Jesus wants to touch your life. No matter what you've been into or where you've been or what you've been a part of, Jesus wants to reach out. He wants to touch you. That is the message of the gospel. The gospel message is that Jesus touches us. Jesus came down from heaven. And he reached out to touch us and to heal us from our sickness and our pain and our struggle. And by faith, we can have a new life in him. Isn't that beautiful? That's the story. That's the greatest message of all. It's the gospel. And we see a compassionate heart, a loving embrace. And we also see a final thing, a total healing. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was at once made clean. Jesus simply touched the leper and gave a command and the leprosy was gone. That deformed body was made whole in an instant. Is that not incredible? That face that had all of the sores, boom, back to normal. The shattered hands and feet were restored to wholeness. The skin that had been ruined 
was instantly smooth. Every sore was immediately gone. Everything changed when the master spoke. This leper was given a new lease on life. He was not the same. Now, all through Scripture, leprosy is referred to as a metaphor for sin. And just think about it. Sin and leprosy have a lot in common. They start small and they grow. That's true. Leprosy is on the inside. It gets down in the nervous system and then it makes sores on the outside. Sin starts in the heart and then it comes out. You know, a lot of the biggest sins that we can be involved in Anger, jealousy, bitterness, lust, all those things come from inside. They reveal themselves externally, but they start in the heart, don't they? Leprosy starts on the inside and it comes out. It starts small, it grows bigger. It isolates us from God and others. If you're struggling with feeling kind of alone and isolated from God. Maybe there's some sin in your life that you need to get right with God. And by confessing that to him and turning your heart away from that sin, you, you, can, you can revive that, that intimacy and that, um, that connectivity that God wants you to have. Sin isolates. Just like the leper has to go live at a leper camp and has to leave all of his friends and belongings and his loved ones behind. Sin isolates. Leprosy isolates and finally, you can't heal yourself. You have to have help. No one can heal themselves of leprosy. Only God. Only God. Nobody can heal themselves of sin. Only God. Only God. So throughout Scripture, we see that sin is personified in the context of a leper, of leprosy. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. The new has come. You are no longer an outcast, but you were taken in. You're no longer a child of the enemy, but a child of God. You are no longer unclean. You are clean because you have accepted the love of the Son of God. What a difference the touch of the Master can make. And Jesus wants to touch you today. Jesus wants to heal your life of sin. One touch from Jesus can deliver you from all of the consequences of your sin. Isn't that beautiful? That's why Jesus died on a cross. That's why Jesus rose again on the third day. Because he wanted us to be healed. And he wanted us to have our spiritual life Put on course with God. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord does not delay in his promises, as some understand the delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. If we will turn away from our sin and ourself and turn to Christ, God will wipe away all of our sins and we will be healed. You see, Jesus took Jesus took the leper's disease upon himself. And if you think about it, actually Jesus and the leper traded places. Jesus is now contaminated. The leper is made whole. 
When Jesus died on the cross, he bore our sin. He took the stain of our disease so he could liberate us and make us free in Christ. Maybe you've never made that faith commitment. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to do that. It's the greatest decision you will ever make is to say, I need God's forgiveness. I need to be cleansed of my sin. And I need to start a spiritual relationship with God. Would you do that today? Would you do it? You have a need that only Jesus can meet. And that's why he's such a wonderful Savior. Let's bow together for just a minute.